Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 247th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. We win! 54 to 53! North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, right away to Worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national Champion. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Love guarded by Keels. Gets a screen. Pulls up for three. Got it. Caleb from straight away. This is the Four Corners Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys today to break down the big news over the weekend. As Carolina did land coveted Stanford transfer Harrison Ingram, we're going to talk about that. How that how that commitment factors into the roster moving forward and a whole bunch more. But before we get started... We'll start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And we go to a guy by the name of Francis Quarles. And I feel like I've heard that name before. I don't know what he did, but I like the quote that I got. Uh, Is that somebody that was on the Mayflower with Cormac Ryan? He could have been. Very possible. And his, uh, his thought is, I see no virtue where I smell no sweat. And I want you guys to know. As we are recording this podcast, I am sweating. That's, um, okay, well that's that's and, a little that's a little much, and that should tell you how much thought and effort we put into this thing. No, it's mainly because uh, my sinuses and my allergies have kicked my butt. It's why we did not record over the weekend. I did not have much of a voice to to talk with. Yeah, you kind of. I'm I'm not gonna lie. We hung out with a friend yesterday, and I mean, I've uh, th- this was as bad as I've seen you look in a while. And you you are not the most. Uh, you are not a supermodel by any stretch. Thank you. So, yeah, you were looking a you were looking a little rough today. You're looking a little better today. I'm sweating it all out. You look baby. more. You look more hydrated today. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, is that why you picked that quote, by the way? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. It's always about me at the end of the day. Oh, it's yeah, we know. Um, but yeah, great quote. 
Don't know who Francis Quarles is, but uh, yeah, I see no virtue where I smell no sweat. Hopefully you don't smell the sweat during the pod, but I want you to know that we're in here sweating as we're talking about this Carolina basketball team. And look, nice little transition here. I do here think Hubert Davis and his staff were sweating out the decision of Ooh. of Harrison Ingram. Ooh, putting him some sweat to land his commitment. Because, too. you know, before last weekend, or two weekends ago, I guess I should say, Ingram was going to Kansas was the the belief. He got crystal balls from 24-7 transfer portal writers that he was going to Kansas. And Hubert Davis packed up, you know, packed up the Carolina caravan. And he took every assistant down to to meet with him in person. And, and, uh, you know, as as I just burped mid-sentence and Anthony is sneezing off the air, um, you, you know, it, very healthy show, by it, the way. It really showed how much how much they valued getting him in, in in this program, getting him in a Carolina uniform. They come back from the visit, and you know, he pushed back the visit to Kansas, and he cited a, a scheduling with his classes as a reason. Which there is some truth to that. The way Stanford runs their calendar, their academic calendar, it is different than. What you see typically, you know, in ACC schools or like Kansas being a Big 12 school. But when he scheduled a visit to come to Chapel Hill over the weekend, I think we all kind of knew where this thing was going. But there was pressure for him to come to Carolina or to visit Carolina and leave with a commitment. Carolina had Nick Timberlake on campus. Everybody thought after he visited, he was going to be going to UNC. He goes to Kansas. That played a domino in Ingram's decision, ultimately. They also had a 2024 wing reclassify and and, and will join the Kansas program this year in 2023. Um, But Carolina got Cormac Ryan on campus last week. He leaves with a commitment. And ultimately, the same things happen. The same thing happens with Harrison Ingram. Um, he visited. He, he committed uh, on, on Saturday afternoon, becoming the fourth transfer that Carolina has landed, joining Paxson Wojcik from Brown, Jalen Withers from Louisville, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame, and becomes the most impactful transfer so far of this offseason. Oh, there's no question about it. This this is, I mean, completely changed the mindset of this upcoming season, it seems like, for a lot of people. And it's because it's a guy that is going to, in, in you know most people's minds, be a game-changer on the wing. And it's probably the first guy that Carolina has also landed in this transfer cycle that we can guarantee you is going to start. Everybody else, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of border. I, I would be I would be stunned if Cormac Ryan does not start for this team the way that it's built right now, and it looks like it'll be built moving forward. But th- this is a guy that is a former five star player, a former McDonald's All American, and now is not going to have to be the number one guy on a team the way that he was at Stanford, mm-hmm. where all the focus was on him. Now he's a guy that can be a secondary piece for Carolina behind, you know, Armando and RJ. And I think that's going to probably help elevate his game and take him to another level. And I think that this is, this is one that everybody should be 
ecstatic about with this staff. And I think for the most part, it seems like most fans are. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing him in and now you got two, two spots that are left open on the roster. Uh, it, it's a question of how they're going to fill those, but at least you've got a guy in here uh, from the transfer portal that we think uh, it can make a, a major impact both offensively and defensively this year. And he, he also brings with him star power, former five-star prospect, former McDonald's All-American. Something that you look up and down this Carolina roster, you got a five-star in Armando Baycott, who's back for a fifth year. You're bringing in a five-star in Simeon Wilcher. You don't have McDonald's All-Americans. And not that that type of stuff matters, but in recruiting and stuff like that with, with the stature of the Carolina program, it does matter, and people think negatively if you don't have if you don't have those type of players on your roster when you are a program of the status like like Carolina has to offer. You know, I, I look at this this guy, and you know, from the moment he entered the portal, and I did my research, I said I want him. I uh, by God, we, we we might need him. You know, and, and I feel like, and maybe maybe this is this is too much of a stretch. Is he the most complete transfer that Hubert Davis has brought in in his three years as Carolina's head coach? Like, we know how much Brady Manick meant to the, the the team that went on the run to the national championship game, but he was brought in for for literally one reason: that was to stretch the floor and shoot the three ball, which he did a really good job of. You're talking about a guy in Harrison Ingram that's averaged over ten and a half points for his career. You know, he's a career 6.2 per game rebounder, but has averaged almost seven rebounds per game, you know, in a season. Like, he can impact the game in a lot of different ways. And something Carolina hasn't had since Cam Johnson has been a complete wing. Like, Leaky Black was a great defensive player. You're not, and we're not going to sit here and slander what he did for Carolina defensively, but he couldn't play offense. And. You know, we saw in the most important games last year, primarily those two games against Duke, good defensive teams funneled the Carolina's offense through Leaky Black. He wasn't good enough to to make the type of shots you had to make in those games to win the game. You know, Harrison Ingram is a lifetime 10.5-point game scorer. People are going to look at his three-point shooting, they're going to raise an eyebrow, but he's going to be surrounded by better talent here in Carolina You look at his ability to rebound the ball. He's also averaged for his career over three assists. This is as complete a guy Hubert Davis has brought in so far in his three transfer portal cycles. And I think if Carolina has the type of bounce-back season that we we want them to have and that Hubert Davis needs to have this this, this upcoming year, I think you'll look at Armando Baycott, you'll look at R.J. Davis, but then that third guy you'll point out and say he's the reason why Carolina's where they are. That guy will most likely be Harrison Ingram. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the passing. I think it's outstanding. I mean, some of his entry passes that you see, um, you know, when you go back and watch his highlights are tremendous. Um, he does a really good job on the catch and shoot, something that Carolina really lacked a year ago. They didn't have those guys that could simply catch the ball, uh, whether it was open or not, and just knock down shots when they needed to. But also a guy. Uh, that is aggressive driving the lane. And that's the thing that you're talking about is with Brady Manick offensively, 
I mean, he was a little bit limited in in what he did. Although, I mean, that's that's really not the area you're you're that concerned uh, with him. It, it was more on the defensive end of the floor, and it seems like Ingram is a guy that brings a little bit more even on that end of the floor. So, I, there's a lot to be encouraged about with him. And, and again, I think it goes back to the fact that he, you know, if if you watch his highlights, you may say, well. You know, he's it, it, it doesn't really line up with the stats. You know, you see a lot of scoring ability, but he's still only averaging 10 a game. Well, yeah, I mean, he was so clearly, so clearly better or the best player on the team. So, yeah, I, I think ultimately that's, you know, that that's, that's a huge boost for Carolina. Yeah, no, I, I think this is going to be a guy that – you know, I, I feel like we'll be able to integrate himself very nicely once he gets on campus um, because he's going to go from having to be the guy to just a guy. And, and I feel like that's going to that's gonna do wonders for him. I think you'll see his numbers improve dramatically from an efficiency standpoint where he's a career 40% shooter from the field, 32% shooter from behind the three-point line. You know, because when you play around – better talent like our you know Davis and, and Baycott who are you know with, with, with Davis all ACC caliber player with Baycott he, he has the the potential to be an all-american you're talking about just making the game easier and stuff like that for guys and I, I think that's when Carolina is at when is, is when they're at their best the biggest issue this team had last year was you had to defend really just just three guys Davis love and and Baycott and Davis and Love for the majority of the year were inconsistent and inefficient. And Baycott was just hampered by injuries and, and the type of stuff that really slowed him down, kind of like, you know, the, in a way that we weren't anticipating him. We look at the way this roster's coming together right now. You've got Davis, you've got Baycott, you've got Cormac Ryan, who has scored, you know, almost 10 points per game at the Power Five level. You got a guy in Jalen Withers who you feel like even if he comes off the bench can be a nice piece. Now you bring in Harrison Ingram. We're still confident about what DeMarco Dunn can offer this this team coming off the bench. We saw Jalen Washington kind of thrive in certain situations a year ago. Simeon Wilcher's incredibly talented, and I, I think he's capable of bringing you something, especially off the bench. Yeah, I mean, so like you know, I, I look at the situation top to bottom. This is gonna be the this is gonna be by far the best team Harrison Ingram has played on from a talent standpoint. Oh, hundred percent. Yes, I mean, let's be honest. If he was even even if. They didn't add a single guy out of the transfer portal besides him. It'd probably be bad. Stanford, I, look, I said it the other day when we were talking about him, and again, I I loved what Gerard Haas did at Carolina. I've always rooted for him to have success, except when he beat Carolina, of course, in the Smith Center that one year. Um, but like outside of like I I've I've always wish the best for him. I liked when Stanford was good. There there were a few years there where they came close to making the NCAA tournament. This this team that the teams that he played on were were horrible. Like yeah. let, let's be honest, they were not good at all. So for him to be on this roster where the pressure is off of him and yeah, I mean the other thing that you you talk about the roster that they're putting together. You know, we were we were saying this team needs to be a better perimeter shooting team. Well, look at the guys that they've got so far. I, I mean, Harrison Ingram, 
you know, and a guy that's extremely impressive with his catch and shoot ability. That's really where he thrives the most. I mean, he can he can drive the lane, but he is a much better spot up shooter. That's that's where he thrives. Um, you know, Paxson Wojcik can shoot the three. Cormac Ryan can shoot the three. Jalen Withers, really more of a guy that's a spe- that that's a specialist in the mid range, but he can shoot the ball. We've seen it before from him. So you're talking about all these different guys that you trust as shooters away from the basket. Last year, I mean, who who was who was that on the team? Even the guys that you did trust. I mean, I thought R.J. Davis, for the most part, I I thought once he got into conference play, he was consistent. And then, you know, he gets banged up. That the, the, We talked about it. The finger injury really changed a lot of things for yep. him. They probably make the tournament if that doesn't happen. But the other guy who was with him, his backcourt mate, Caleb Love, I mean, he just had an incredibly inefficient year shooting the basketball. So, even those guys that you needed to rely on weren't able to step up. We know Pete Nance wasn't what he was supposed to be, basically taking over the spot that Brady Manick left behind. So you're in a much different spot, it feels like, this year with this roster, at least as of right now. Well, the thing this roster has, you know, on paper that didn't have a year ago is offensive versatility. Pretty much you brought everybody back and said, this is what you you you, you can do, this is what you're going to need to do. And there was no flexibility. Now I think you have that. You, you're going to see a lot of just different lineups on the court with the way Carolina wants to play on offense. I still think, depending on what they'll do with their with their last two scholarships remaining, if they, you know, I, I still feel like a three guard lineup might 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 be what's going to be in play here for a starting five moving forward. But that's the thing about this team is that. Yes, you had to upgrade your perimeter shooting. You just produced the second-worst three-point shooting team in program history. And while Withers and Ingram's numbers aren't pretty, I think in Carolina's system, their floor spacing and stuff like that, you'll see those numbers prove improve. We've seen Cormac Ryan. He's been a consistent uh, a perimeter shooter during his time at, at Notre Dame. And Paxson Wojcik, I feel like that will translate you know, from the Ivy League to the ACC because – Shooter, shoot, it doesn't matter what level, you you know, as long as he can get off the looks that he wants to get off, he'll put the ball in the basket. As long as he can handle the physicality, uh, unlike the way Keeling and Justin Pierce didn't handle it, I feel like he's still going to shoot the ball at a pretty, pretty good rate. The toughest thing to do, you know, coming off the high of getting a guy that, you know, we we immediately said when he entered the portal, we want him, is to temper expectations. And, and, you know, when you're talking about a guy that's a former five-star, that's went through the NBA draft process, uh, that is a former McDonald's All-American, you know, there's going to be some star power with him, you know, coming to Carolina. When you look at him coming coming into this year, what are reasonable expectations for him and what might be his only season in Chapel Hill? I mean, what, third on the team in scoring? I, I think that's reasonable. I think, I think you're asking too much for him to lead the team in scoring, although I think that is on the table here. Well, I mean, the thing is is that you would hope that Armando Baycott is more like the 2021 Armando Baycott with the improved scoring that we saw from him last year. You would hope that R.J. Davis – I mean, or if, if we're continuing along the same trajectory, R.J. Davis could be a guy that averages about 18 a game if he's, if he's following in the similar footsteps of those other point guards. So I think 
maybe like 13, 14 a game, somewhere in there. Maybe maybe that's even asking a little bit too much, but if he could get to that that 12 and a half, 13 a game, um 35 to 37% from the outside, that's that's kind of what my expectations would be for him. I mean, look, th- th- this is a guy that you brought in to be a major contributor for you. This this is not somebody that you brought in and and we're going to see what happens. He's an upside guy. No, no, that's not this one. Some of the other guys that you brought in, like, I I, I mean, Withers, I think to a certain extent, maybe that's kind of what that is. Um, Wojcik's a guy that you're kind of just taking a shot in in the dark on and hoping he can be a dead-eye shooter. I feel like with Ingram and... And Ryan, both of those guys, like, you need them to be contributors. You knew what you were getting when you were going after them. And I, I think it's, it, you know, it's you, you should have some expectations, but at the same time, you shouldn't think, let, let's put it this way, you should not think that Carolina just landed a guy that is going to be competing for ACC Player of the Year. You should think that they are getting a guy that is a second or third scoring option on the team. Yeah, but I I don't think, like, if, if, if he leads the team in scoring, I don't think that would be a surprise because he's probably arriving the most gifted player on the roster. If he is an ACC player of the year or he gets ACC newcomer or he gets first team all ACC, again, I wouldn't be surprised. But if he improves his scoring from 10.5 to 13, and if he raises his three-point percentage from 32% to 35%, I don't think Carolina fans are in a position to complain because that's still a major upgrade from what you've got the last couple years at that wing position. And it's it's a major upgrade from what you got a year ago when you just look at whether he, he plays at the three with Le- where Leaky Black played or even if he plays at the four where Pete Nance played. That's still an improvement from what you got in terms of in terms of production from from that spot on the roster. So it's going to be interesting because because I do think you know I, I think this team last year played its best when it played through Baycott. I think that's going to need to be the way that it, they they play again this year. But you know you go back to the last time Carolina had an effective wing. You go back to that twenty that twenty nineteen season where Kobe White was sensational. Luke May was a workhorse type of guy. Cam Johnson was the difference maker, so let's just you know let's just put that formula in this year where Bay, or Baycott is your workload on the interior, mm-hmm. you know doing the, the little things, getting the rebounds, that type of stuff. R.J. Davis has the type of year that, that he's capable of having. If 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 Harrison Ingram is the difference maker, I think Carolina's in a position to to make a return to the NCAA tournament. And right now, that's the goal. Like I know I sit on here and say, guys, we should go to the Final Four every year, and the expectations are to be to win a national championship. Yeah, we just missed the tournament. So right now, I just want to get back to the tournament. I want to get back in the in the flow or, or get back into and getting having to experience NCAA tournament nerves. Which and which like, I feel like this does. Like yes. we talked about the other day. I think this should put you solidly back in the field. Now if you could add another guy, preferably a stretch four that would allow Ingram to play that three, 
I think that would be ideal. But even the way this thing's built right now, this should no question be a tournament team. Well, and I guess that brings me to the, the, the really last thing we want to talk about here. You mentioned Ingram is the one guy we could look at and say, no doubt about it, he's going to start. I think Cormac Ryan might factor into that, that, that decision as well. They've got two roster spots moving forward. Everyone has said they need to go get a stretch four. Which kind of leads you to believe that they're, they're going to be they're they're not going to go after Matthew Cleveland as, as high as we probably thought they were. Well, they're they, as of right now they're they're out of the running. He released his top three yesterday. Carolina's not one of them. So, so. you know, I, I guess you know is 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 that is that right? Because like I I looked at him and said, dude, if you can get me Ingram and Matthew Cleveland, I'll take that. Like I, I would sit there and say from a versatility standpoint. You know, Carolina might be small. They might not have the height that you want to have in your lineup. Like, Baycott be your tallest guy, uh, you know, in, in your lineup. But they're, I think the, the roster would be a lot more flexible. So, assuming they're out of the running for Cleveland, which right now, as you said, they are, do, do you think it's stretch four or you just bring in the reclassifies from the 24 class or cuz cuz I think right now I I think I think Ellie Cadu is going to be on this roster next year. Yeah, well that's looking look, I've already said multiple times this offseason that I believe one of those spots is for a reclass at least. But again, I think the the key thing that they have to figure out now here over the next few days. It can't be weeks, it's days. You have to figure out who is reclassifying and who's staying in high school? Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing that you have to do right now if you are this Toriel coaching staff. And look, if both guys want to reclass, you probably you, you probably let them both reclass. Yeah, because if not, you're probably going to lose whoever does not reclass if they want to. But if one of them says, look, I want to stay behind in high school. Okay, well, then you, you got to go out, and I think you should try to find that stretch four. The guy that I've looked at that's that's in the portal that, as far as I know, has not committed anywhere that I think would be worth a shot is Olivier Comwa, the transfer from Tennessee. Yeah. Because, I mean, he averaged t- over 12 points a game a year ago. We saw against Duke his the the, the skill set that he has. To me, that that would be one that would be worth taking a shot on. I, I feel like they do need somebody at that stretch four spot because I just I don't see Harrison Ingram being that that stre- that 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 four guy for you. I mean, in an ideal world, like he can. He's at this point, he's probably going to have no choice. But in an ideal world, you would like him to be. The guy that plays the three for you, and you have a stretch four that can do the things that we thought we were going to see from Pete Nance a year ago, but never got. Yeah, I mean, like, because I feel like if we had to roll out a ball today and say we're going to go play our starting five, to me, I think, I think that five would be Davis, Ryan, Wojcik, Ingram, and Baycott. Well, I, I would say. It's probably Davis, because like because like the thing the thing about da- Davis Withers and Ingram is like if you start them together, 
Yeah, you don't really have anyone to come off the bench. I mean, you know, Jalen Washington, but I think Jalen Washington, best case scenario, is playing the five. Oh yes, no, you you're not you're not going to play. I mean, there's people that want to start him alongside Baycott I, 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 and I, go two bigs, you know, which I, is something. I think the thing that we've got to come to terms with and just kind of accept, even if they land a stretch four. This is going to be a smaller Carolina team than what you're used to. Well, there's no, there's no doubt because I would go I would go Davis, Ryan, Ingram, Withers, and Baycott. Yeah, because Jalen Withers is six eight. They they're going to need size there, but in an ideal world. Jalen Withers is a guy that's coming off the bench for you. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I I don't look. I'm not saying that he's he's not a, a nice addition for this team, but I I don't know if that is a guy that you should be wanting to start your season with at that four spot. And the other thing is, is that who's the depth behind him? You don't have nobody yep. like Zayden High. Like Zay, I'm I'm t- I'm going to tell you right now, and and I know. There, there are a lot more games that were played that I did not see. Whenever I watched him, I saw a guy that is very raw and is going to take a lot. He's he's going to take some time before he's able to play a significant role. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, of got, course not. As long as you've got the necessary depth. So, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like with Carolina being out of the running for Cleveland, they're going to put their time, their effort, their resources – into getting that 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 stretch four, I think I've just come to the conclusion that, you know, no matter what no matter what they do, if they land one, if they don't, I think we all believe Cadu's gonna reclassify. And I and I do think that will do wonders for this team in a lot of different ways. This is going to be a smaller team than what we're used to seeing. And that's why I like seeing the rebounding numbers that Paxson Wojcik has posted. I like seeing the rebounding numbers that Harrison Ingram has posted. Even even Cormac Ryan has shown a willingness to rebound the ball, because Carolina, you know, that's that's the foundation of this of this program. It's rebounding and running, and they're going to have to be more team oriented rebounding this year than they were this past year. And that's something we heard Hubert Davis talk about all year long. It can't be an Armando Baycott rebounding game. It's got to be a UNC rebounding game. And so I like that they have they've identified guys that they feel like you know with Ryan and Wojcik can shoot the ball, and then you you but then you look at Ingram and Withers. You feel like in in our system. Their shoe numbers will will improve, but also guys that offer defensive versatility, offensive versatility, and can impact the game in, in more ways than one. And that's why I think we all feel a lot better about where this team is going than we did about two weeks ago. They've 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 done a really good job in the portal, addressing their needs, getting the talent that you got to have at this level, getting the experience you got to have at this level. They're starting to build some depth, and I feel like right now, if I had to, you know, predict the outlook for next year, not predicting an ACC top three finish, not predicting, you know, this team's going to go deep in the tournament. This is a tournament roster, and this wasn't a tournament roster three weeks ago, and so you got to tip your cap to the job Huber Davis and his staff have done so far this offseason as they they've rebuilt this program. Or they or they focus on rebuilding the program since they missed the 2023 NCAA tournament. So um, 
With that, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com, where we had you covered on all the news over the weekend on the football and basketball front. Carolina landing guys, Carolina basketball landing guys to the or via the transfer portal. Carolina football losing guys from the portal. Also, some recruiting news on the football side. As well, all that great football and basketball coverage, that's HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. We're still on all the major podcasting platforms. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and ultimately subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball offseason. What that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!